When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm a kid who was born in Costa Rica but lived in the United States. I would go back and visit my family every summer. My parents would work hard and they would make sure, even if they didn't have a vacation, they would send me down to visit my family every summer and my sister as well. And we were down and I was at my aunt's house. I remember it was just a great time, family. Uh, my cousin and I, I remember the movie we were watching. We were watching American Ninja, just super cheesy. I was probably 11 years old. I went to uh, go to bed, and I went to the room. I laid down, had a blast of a night, watched a movie I probably shouldn't have. Uh, my mom would never let me watch that, and I'm having a blast with my cousin. And Turn off the light. Almost immediately, I feel what, like light fingertips of with claws on them on my left foot. It's like light fingertips, like grabbing the toe and then grabbing it and pulling it so hard with such force that my entire body was pulled down on the bed. I freaked. I jumped up, turned on the light, thought for sure it had to be my cousin messing with me. Looked under the bed, looked in the closet, doors locked. There's nobody in the room. I'm in tears. I turn the light off, jump in bed, pull the covers over, and it happens again. This time it's almost more forceful. My legs are pulled down. I jump up, turn on the light, look around, there's nothing. I'm freaking out. And I remember hitting my knees and just praying to get some kind of help with this scenario. And I remember hearing a voice, which sounds so cheesy, but I remember hearing a voice and it said, leave the lights on. And I left the lights on and it didn't happen anymore. Fast forward about 10 years, my aunt's daughter was staying in that room. She lived there and she had, uh, angered a witch. She's uh, flirting with her man or something in Costa Rica where witchcraft is very common. I remember that she slowly degraded to a point of she was seeing cats in the room. The cats were scratching her. There was inexplicable behavior taking place. Uh, she would be at a prayer circle and she would point to a picture at a wall and say, make that man stop laughing at me. But the picture of, on the wall was just ships on the ocean. My aunt at the time went up and said, okay, I've had it with this picture garbage baloney. And she pulled the picture off the wall, and on the back of the picture, there was another picture of a man laughing. So somehow she was seeing that. This home where they were having the prayer circle, they purchased, they were very wealthy, they purchased it fully furnished, so that picture had already been there. They never hung it. And it was a different home from the one where she was having the poltergeist activity, so very hard to explain. She kept losing her mental faculties and eventually just went into a state of coma from the shock 
completely inexplicable. Doctors couldn't explain it. She was in a coma for two years. The quote-unquote witch who had cursed her passed away, and she miraculously came out of the coma. I was young. I was happy. I was living the life. I was fly fishing every day, taking clients down uh, the Green River nearby, having the time of my life, uh, earning great money. And I was alone. I was finding these these rocks that glow in the dark. Uh, they're in the Natural History Museum here and such. And they're up near the area I was guiding. It was dark. It was at night. That's when you see them. And I saw a light coming through the trees. I thought the light coming through the trees was a forest ranger or something, and I'm filling the back of my truck full of rocks. So I dropped a rock when I saw the light. It landed on my left toe and immediately shattered it. It just bones fell out of the toe. It was disgusting. And yet I was not too worried about that. I could feel the warm blood inside my shoe, but I was still looking at the light. And I was like, that's, that's, not a, that's not a ranger. That's not a policeman. That's something else. And the light took off into the sky. Well, then I have this broken toe. I'm toast. So I took the few rocks I had in the back of my truck and went home. I uh, went to the hospital, got the, got the foot fixed up, and was told, hey, you can't get it wet, which is the worst thing you can say to a fly fishing guide. So I had about, well, way too much time. Any time off the river is too much time. It wasn't until years later that I realized that that same toe that kind of got me into this was the toe that I smashed with the rocks years later. It had some electromagnetic properties, which sounds completely crazy. At the time, I believe I had a Motorola Time Port, a... Uh, 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 at the time, super technologically advanced. Now it's a piece of junk. And we didn't have text messages in those days. And I remember that I would, if, if I would kick my feet up and if my phone was near my foot, the phone would light up. And I remember one night I got a text message before text messages existed. <laughs> And the text message said, how's the toe? I freaked out. Uh, I had roommates at the time. They were laughing at the party tricks I could do with the toe, charging phones and other weird things. And that these were just low-tech devices. I would find that when I would get close to the ranch, the toe would start to twitch and tingle. I have no idea, but there was a definite thing with that particular toe. Rivers run dry, dust breaths in the air. Two dark days, do you have a tear to
Jim Perry, and this is Euphemet, a show about the unknown and our relationship to it. This time, part two with Ryan Patrick Burns. What is it about the Skinwalker territory that seemingly can shapeshift us? Next on Euphemet. From here, the old Sherman Ranch below looks as if a specter, revealing itself briefly through drifts of snow. My cheek catches a flake, and it wakes me up, just long enough to remember who I am and why I am here. On the bluff above Skinwalker sits Space Wolf Research, a collection of small buildings and a camp trailer, for now shielding us from most of this snowstorm. Ryan was familiar with this property way before he bought it. In his ridge-running days, he would trespass here frequently in hopes of experiencing something unreal, and often he'd get exactly what he was looking for. But I was curious how Ryan was convinced to spend his life exploring this area and to share what he found with others. I worked as a fly fishing guide for many years and I, I quickly found out that I was happier when I saw other people catch fish than when I caught them. I already knew I could do it. And when you see somebody else catch a fish for the first time, for example, or learn a technique for the first time, it's, it's really a neat feeling. And I find it's very similar with these paranormal areas, uh, fringe veil areas where the veil is pulled back and you see the other side because many people haven't seen it before. And when you have someone who has not witnessed something that their brain can handle, they, it, it causes something within them that unlocks or knocks the dust off of a bunch of parts of themselves that they usually ignore. And just when you witness that in somebody, it's kind of neat to see them like, wow. Ryan found himself with plenty of time off after smashing his toe. So he started driving around, scouting the basin for new fishing spots. I found myself on this county road going through this very beautiful section of an area below a reservoir. And I saw what appeared to be an elderly Native American walking down off a very rugged bluff. And this is very out of place. I rolled down my window and I said, hey, are you okay? Do you need a ride? 
Absolutely no response, they shuffled to the vehicle, opened the car door, hopped inside. Never really saw the face. Don't know if it was a man or a woman. But within seconds, I was almost accessed. It felt like my, my, my emotions of my entire life were accessed in a way I was hacked. All the highs of my life, all the lows of my life, the best things I've ever done, the worst things I've ever done, everything was being flown through just like a really quick uh, running through the Rolodex. Like they were evaluating me and measuring me and finding everything out about me. And it was very intrusive. I was, I was in tears in seconds. And that's about all I remember. Uh, I was totally catatonic. Uh, from my near, nearest guesstimation, I, I would guess that it was about three hours. It was as if I, something had hit the pause button on me and just exited the vehicle. And I was no longer there. Fast forward about three hours, I woke up at Bottle Hollow Reservoir. And the Bureau of Indian Affairs was talking to me, asking me what happened. I told them. I remember almost them having to kind of slap me up beside the head a little. Uh, I remember the first questions they said, are you all right? And I said, I think so. And they said, what happened to you? I said, I don't know. They said, are you intoxicated? I said, no. And they said, what happened? And that's when I started to construct this story that sounded ridiculous for coming out of my mouth. I, I was thinking, these guys are never going to believe this. And they mentioned the word, oh, this, this one got nabbed by the skinwalker. I said, the skinwalker? I, what is that? And they, 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 they mentioned a couple of things that now make sense, but at the time I had no idea what I was up against. But I was shocked at how believing they were. And not only that, how they had an answer for what had happened to me. And I was kind of like, what do you guys have going on out here? And I, I knew that there was something else out there. I didn't know what it was. And I even found myself, it was very emotional because I found myself uh, hiding it. Yet at the same time, um, worried that it would come back worried that what was that um thinking back to the light that i saw in the forest when i was grabbing rocks was that connected and wondering if this was real at all and through time i i've slowly been i guess validated because I'm not the only one that's had experiences and there seems to be an epicenter of activity and that activity tends to be able to manipulate humans quite easily. It planted a seed in the back of my mind that there's something that I need to figure out. And as time went on, that seed grew. How did, how did you internalize that after it happened? How did you kind of, how was it getting back to real life? It was tough. I, <laughs> I was, I was, I, I became very self-analytical. I quit guiding. I went into corporate America. 
I tried to do everything straight as an arrow and I realized that there was still this in this in the back of my mind there was this nagging question of what had happened and the belief that it may have happened for a reason whether that reason was by accident my own doing or predestined I have no idea uh, absolutely disassociating myself with the area running to the safety of uh, family and friends and and just doing what I'm told you know not being that adventurous guy that I used to be and I did this for quite a while and there came a time where that adventurous guy came back out and said I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I got to, I got to dig. I got to find more. I was in a position where I could make a change. And when I said, I'm going to rent my house, I'm going to move to this middle of nowhere area and I'm going to research full time. Family, friends, coworkers, they all they all laughed, but nobody said don't do it. They were very supportive. I had come up on a whim. Uh, I had a friend at the time, still to have him, uh, Dave Rosenfeld. We were talking about this place, quote-unquote Skinwalker Ranch, that I still didn't know where it was, what it was, even though I'd already had experiences there. And in about 2005 is when I realized this is the same place I, I had had an experience before. And that is kind of when my cards got shuffled. And I realized that none of this was haphazard or chaotic or anything, that there were a lot of coincidences taking place and synchronicities that maybe I shouldn't avoid. Instead of being scared of and running away from, I should just charge. I think what's happening here is probably happening in other areas of the earth and in multiple locations. There are areas that are in proximity of parallels, whether they be ley lines, uh, geographic areas that are anomalous, uh, areas with high electromagnetic frequency, and areas that have occult practices which have been done on them for years. These areas are charged, much like uh, anything could be charged. And I think that these areas act as an easier access for these intelligences that are non-corporeal to do whatever it is they're doing. And they do have some sort of job, whether that job is just to interact. They're much like, I, I, I think that many in the science profession have tried to box it up as an alien artificial intelligence. And that sounds really impressive because it's alien. That means it's not us. It's artificial, again, not us. And intelligent, which, you know, thinking that way isn't really intelligent. And uh, what it may be is, in fact, alien, because it isn't us, artificial, because it isn't us, but it may be more intelligent than us, because 
it is something that without a body can roam, interact, manifest energy into reality and become something out of nothing. At Ryan's property, the small fence separating him from the old Sherman ranch may keep out cattle, but it has never stopped this phenomenon. He shows me some evidence of this at one of the small buildings on his property. We had, you can see, oh, yeah. it looks like something trying to get in. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what now? Those windows are all open. That's kind of cold. And the lights will go on often. And there's nothing in here. So, is, I mean, oh, there's, boy. That's, that's mainly the reason I put them up. Yeah. But I, it's usually when we're outside or I'm walking around and boom, the light will come on in here. And it's like, what's that mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, at least it hasn't been like, well, okay, I'm down here. What's right. going on? Right. So yeah, if you want, we could take a drive. and even yeah. take you to a spot. There was a very interesting thing that took place. Uh, I, was, I was back and forth on the fence about it. It, it was a lot of money for me for something that is for all intents and purposes worthless a money pit and it uh, it was very strange I had asked the previous owners if I could camp out on the property they said yes I was leaving late one night going back home and I was going the opposite direction and I'll take you to the exact location if you'd like I came to a spot in the road where there was a very large canine sitting right in the middle of the road, right along the dotted line. And it's a smaller road and it wasn't getting out of the way. I drove closer, got a lot better look, and I probably did the dumbest thing I could have done. I got out of the car and I started walking up to it. And I, sorry, I get a little bit emotional. Um, and I got pretty close to it and it had one eye and it was a very real animal and as I got dangerously close to it I realized that I should stop and not get closer and I got what can only be described as a message I don't know if this is a telepathic message I was giving myself or if it but it definitely resounded and felt like a message that this large wolf-like creature was giving me and it was very stoic. It didn't move. It didn't flinch. It wasn't aggressive. Very, very uh, matter of factly, I've got this message of go back. We're not done with you yet. And I was tired. I wanted to go home. But I kind of took that to heart. I got back in the truck. I turned around and I drove back to the property. And I laid down in the property, and I can only describe it as a bunch of messages, clarities that came through. And, yeah, then I I just kind of knew that it it had to happen. I felt kind of like a tool. (laughs) didn't feel like I was, you know, I was like, this is weird. I I felt kind of like a tool because, you know, I... um, when I went back to the property, 
I remember I went down into a little grove and I said, I'll just lay down. That seemed the most natural. And I remember invoking some sort of safety over me because I, I didn't know what I was up against. I had some, well, I'll just say it. I saw some things. I, I saw, I saw my unborn daughter who hadn't even been conceived at that point. I saw other things with clarity that hadn't happened at that point. And the only thing that seemed to connect all these things was me buying this super crappy property for whatever reason. And I say it's super crappy because it's high desert. It's very barren. It's raw. It's rugged. Not, not very, you know, not what you picture the cabin in the woods yet. The messages of you need to be here in some way, shape or form were very clear. And I, I tried not to overthink it, you know, Worst case scenario, you sell it. That's what I thought. Except the land does not sell very quickly in this area. You know, you can have a piece of property for sale for 10 years in this area. So it was a big commitment, but I, I knew that it was something I had to do. I came away that night knowing that something in the area wanted me there. And I felt that it was my duty, although it was difficult to accomplish that. What my calling is, is if, if I could to buy as much up as I could and do nothing with it and just kind of leave it as it is sort of, uh, which it kind of is with some of these areas that are, not used it's it's kind of a sanctuary for these 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 intelligences and they are roaming here i'm assuming because they want to and uh, the worst thing that could happen is you know somebody put up a parking lot or a or an apartment complex or things like that yeah it's highly unlikely but i mean look at sedona it happened and and I don't know that the activity in Sedona has gone away, but it's probably not in its truest form as it was originally, like a very raw form. I, yeah, I, I was, uh, I would probably stop again if I saw an elderly Native American coming off of a very ruthless, raw and rugged bluff. I just think that I would be a little more careful. My naivety has changed. I'm, I'm not, not that I overanalyze things, but I rely on my gut more than just uh, good faith. I feel sort of like I would ask, well, what do you think of me now? And I know I wouldn't get an answer, but I know that they would have an opinion that was different from initially what what my trajectory was at that point and what it is now we start out with less than a cell we become two cells and then three then four 
Next thing you know, we have a tail, and then we look like a tadpole, and if you watch a child be born, the rest is history. We are constantly shape-shifting our entire life. Day to day, we change. And yet, the thing that scares us the most is change. It's really odd that when we see an entity or intelligence that is able to change with more subtlety and frequency and quickness, we are floored by, by that, that ability. Yet the reality is that's just the nature of the game. Everything changes. Change is the only constant. Thank you for listening to this edition of Euphemet. For more of Ryan Patrick Burns, find his books, Chronicling His Tales, on Amazon. Thank you to our sponsors Spotify and Anchor, as well as TM Soft, White Noise Sleep Sounds. For everything Euphemet, including how you can subscribe to the show, links to our Patreon and social media, visit euphemet.com. This has been Euphemet. I'm Jim Perry. And until next time, keep looking up. <laughs>